Hey, we are the Midday Referral Network, and this is our podcast. Check it out. If you run any type of medical practice, you know you have to deal with HIPAA. You may think you're compliant, but are you really? I'm Meryl Lochner, Chief Storyteller and Podcast Producer with Smith Douglas Associates. Today we're talking with cybersecurity expert Dash Delippy from DSS Management Inc. on the what and whys of HIPAA compliance. Hey, welcome. I'm here with Dashmir Delippy and we are going to be talking about HIPAA. Hi, how are you? When people go to the doctor's office, they get these forms. We sign the forms, we hand them to the doctors. Is that all there is about HIPAA? What is HIPAA and how do medical offices get compliant with it? There's a lot that goes into HIPAA and it's not just forms that you, you sign at the doctor's offices. And it's not just checklists that, you know, you go through a, a checklist and put a checkbox on it and say, yep, I'm HIPAA compliant. No, it's not as easy as that. A lot of those forms, people don't understand what they're signing or what goes behind the scenes, you know, to get yourself to be compliant. HIPAA is a a long process that doesn't happen once and done. You actually have to continue to train yourself, train your employees, and and it's, it's a culture that you have to build into your organization ongoing to be HIPAA compliant. There's different rules around HIPAA, and one of them is being protecting your data from from people who shouldn't have access to them. That can be even employees. It can be from hackers. It's your data and you should be able to choose who has access to your data and who doesn't have access to the, your data. There's the minimum necessary rule. That means an employee or anyone who, whether it's a covered entity or a business associate, and I'll get to that mm-hmm. a little bit later, but they should only have access to the information that they need to do their business and that is it. Okay, so I have a small dental practice. It's just me, my hygienist, and my receptionist. How, how do we get HIPAA compliant? HIPAA requires that every medical, any healthcare organization, anyone who deals with protected health information, PHI, needs to go through an annual security risk assessment. While they go through that re- annual security risk assessment, that will tell them exactly what they're, you know, where they're vulnerable and where they need to ensure and close any gaps. We perform a full risk assessment that we, we're, we're as coaches, we, we coach them and we guide them and we go through the, the risk assessment to understand from what policies they have in place, what encryption they have, if their computer's encrypted, how they're using email, um, are they encrypting their email, is how they're communicating with patients back and forth, where is all their data stored. Who are their business associates? Who are they working with? So there's about 165 questions or so, and it goes dives deep, deeper into that afterwards, but we go through a, a rigorous process, probably about eight to 10 weeks, depending on the size of the organization. They can go even larger, you know, longer than that on the larger practices to really get an understanding where their data is, where there's PHI, who are their employees, who has access to those systems? How are they protecting those systems? Are we backing them up? Um, what policies do we have in place currently? Then we go through and ensure that we have some security awareness training, HIPAA training with um, for the employees on a regular basis as well. So when you set about doing training, it's not only making sure the computers are safe from hackers, it's also training the staff. Yeah, the, the tra- 90% of the breaches or HIPAA violations that go in are, are from staff. 
it's pretty scary. Most people just click on links and emails all the time and they don't know what they're clicking. They're like, oh, I got an email and it's, you know, it's, it's from Amazon. I got to change my password or it's from the IT department. They get very, these hackers get very sophisticated. They'll even get to understanding your business, getting your logos from your website and then sending an email with your logo on it and saying, hey, we are the IT department. Click here to change your password. It's been compromised. The second you click on that link and if you haven't been trained to detect what's a good email, what's a bad email, clicking on that link can get you, can get download malware on your computer and affect your organization. So what is some of the non-computer training that you give them? I'm assuming it's the please don't leave your password on a sticky note next to your monitor next to the front door. Uh, yes, it, you know, if we, we do talk to them and we do educate them on passwords and ensuring that, yes, we do change your passwords every night. We put a policy in place to change your passwords. But when you change your password, it does you no good if you write it down in front of the computer on the monitor for everybody to see. We also go to deeper you know, conversations and training where and when you're taking pictures, sometimes selfies in the office, there's your computers in the background. Sometimes there's information on that background. You got to make sure that there's no PHI in the background because... You know, that could be a violation if you're posting on social media. I was about to say, and don't put PHI on your social media accounts, I'm assuming, is, is a big one. It is a very big one. The, there's also talking about clients and patients that are walking in, into the offices. Sometimes you leave in there and you don't want to have those conversations, whether it's in the office or outside of the office, about a patient that was in there. Making sure that your conversations are at zero when you're talking to your colleagues or your staff about the patients in the office. Even as little as people don't understand, if they're printing stuff on the copier or the printer and they leave it there, when you print something uh, from your computer to the printer and it's containing medical records, you get up and you go print it, you pick it up right away. You don't just leave your, printer, the, your paperwork or the medical records on that printer for anybody to access. Do you have to come in once a year and do the same training over and over again? The training happens throughout the year. And it's not just the HIPAA training we do once a year, but employees start every day, employees leave. So we go through that training throughout the entire year. We also do cybersecurity awareness training. We do email and phishing campaigns throughout the year as well to ensure that the employees are, are not forgetting any of it. What is phishing? Phishing is when somebody tries to lure you in to get information out of you. Do, when you see people doing phishing emails, they, they try to, they send you emails to convince you that this is a good email and you need to provide them information. Once they get you and you build trust with them, they'll, they, then they use that information against you. I've seen phishing emails go for, you know, weeks at a time where someone is having a conversation with you via email. And then once they gain a little trust, they ask you for more sensitive information. Once someone sends out those phishing emails out there and you click on them, that's when you get in trouble. It's scary when it comes to medical records and PHI because the value of a medical record is much higher than your, your credit card. Why? When you call up your credit card company, they issue you a new credit card with a new credit card number. With medical records, you have your date of birth, your social security number, your medical records. Those can't be easily changed. So the value is on those is a lot more. You're not going to go into the social security office and say, hey, I need a no social security number, and they're not going to issue you one just right away. So the primary value of medical records is the social security number? It's more than just the social security. Your medical records you have, your date of birth is on there, your address is on there. Those are not, you can't just change those. 
With a medical record, it's a, it's a lot easier to steal your identity. Once your identity is stolen and I use your identity to go to the store and I can start now getting medication and selling that medication. I can go get the procedures done under your name and have it done. So the costs go up for insurance companies. That's pretty just it goes up for us as well. Someone's got to pay for it. And if you're getting done procedures under my name and, and I fight it and say, Hey, that's not me. Those costs go up. Insurance companies don't like that because somebody has got to pay. The worst part about it is that if you're going to the doctor's office and there was a procedure done that was never really done on you, the doctors can, you know, the physicians, when they diagnose you, they can misdiagnose you based on history that wasn't done on you, that was done on someone else. So you don't want to be going in there and saying, hey, I have, you know, this problem and then him providing you or misdiagnosing you because someone had stolen your identity and used your, your identity to go for procedures done or other medication. And then once somebody does use your identity and they go get that procedure done, you're liable for that payment. So you'll start getting um, invoices in the mail saying, hey, you have to pay for these procedures. Now it's you that is going to have to go out and go figure out who told you I didn't call all these companies, try to fight back saying this wasn't me and prove that, hey, this was not me that got this procedure done. So it becomes a headache on you as well. Most of us in the regular world have some sort of antivirus on our computers. Is having that sort of thing in the practice good enough? Antivirus is not good enough to ensure that your data is protected. No, you need additional you know, security levels in place. And it's just not, it's not always just hardware as we've had. You, you, you do need a good firewall in place. Uh, you do need some good access controls in place, auditing in place. Password policies um, have to be in. Making sure you have a good firewall in place. Good uh, employee training um, and policies are all needed. I got a call from a friend of mine who works for a small doctor's office and uh, they had, they were hit with ransomware and they were freaking out and, and, and they have every right. Ransomware is pretty scary for somebody to hold your data hostage. It's a scary time. You have your employees who are now sitting there not working. You have your data being held hostage by somebody out there who's saying, hey, for me to release your data, I want a certain amount of money, whether it be in Bitcoin, however they want it. It's a scary moment. My friend called me and said, hey, Dash, can you help us out? What do we do? It's it, it's a scary moment. Not only if you pay them the money, you don't know if you're getting your data. Once you pay that money, you don't know who else they're selling your information to saying, hey, this person here was able, you know, gave me a certain amount of money. Let's keep doing it because he's going to keep giving us money. You become more of a target then. I asked, do you have good backups in place? They said, yes. And we went in and I looked to see the backups they have in place. And they really didn't have backups of everything. They thought they had backups. They were backing up a certain amount of data, but not everything. Get a list of everything, where all your data is. Where do you have PHI? Where do you have sensitive data? Where do you have confidential data? Get a list of every location that you have data and ensure you have good backups in place. Because if you do have good backups in place, and you do get hit with ransomware where your information, where your data gets locked, it's easier to restore and you don't have to worry about paying that ransom. How does backup get HIPAA compliant? I know you can back up to a server, you can back up to a external hard drive, you can back up to the cloud. I'm assuming you can't take your PHI and back it up to Carbonite. So how does, how does a medical practice back up their data? 
backing up data in multiple locations um, is very important because if you back up on the same location and something happens to that location, whether it be ransomware or even if your place were to be burned down, you don't want to keep your data in one location. You want to have ensure that you have it in multiple locations. Wherever you back up your data, make sure that it's on premise and also you put it out outside somewhere externally. Is that something you could help them with? Well, can you back up data for them? Yes, we, we can back up the data. Uh, we ensure that the data is not only backed up in a secure location, it's HIPAA compliant. So if the practice burns down, none of the data is lost? Not only is the data is lost, we can restore that data and typically sometimes we can store that data pretty quickly. Do you actively monitor their computers as well? Can you see any hacks happening in, happening in real time? Yes, we, we do put auditing and monitoring in place, and it's 24 by 7. And we have real people sitting around ensuring you know, that if there's activity or behavioral activity that's not normal, that it alerts us to and we investigate. Okay, so you're, you're that extra level of protection while everyone in the practice should be doing what they're trained you're there monitoring just in case something stupid happens overnight. Yes, we, we monitor all the systems with additional software on top to look for malware, look for behaviors, look for system changes that are, are not supposed to happen. We also take the logs from all the servers and, and we ship them over to ours and we look for different behaviors. Sometimes you can't detect it from one server, but when you combine it, all the log files offsite uh, so they can't be manipulated or changed. Uh, we look through all those log files to ensure that there's no changes or anything going on. I'm a doctor and I want one of my patients to see this cardiologist. How do we transfer the information from my practice to theirs? So HIPAA requires that every person, company, business that you share data, PHI with, that you have a business associate agreement. And that business associate agreement really ensures that both parties are doing are protecting their data. That business associate now has to also go through a rigorous process to ensure that they're HIPAA compliant. So the business's job as well is to vet that business associate that they're doing their job. They're actually going through a rigorous process to ensure that that business is taking measures to protect the data. Is that one of the questions you ask when you first meet a potential client at a practice? It's the who else outside of this office has access to this data? It's required by HIPAA, and part of our process is to go through all of the business associates, anyone that, and, and manage those businesses to ensure that they, you know, they have good BAAs in place and, they're in, and have a security risk assessment provided by that business to ensure that their data is um, protected. If that business can't provide us a risk assessment, then we question that business and we make a recommendation that the company should not be doing business with them. So with the whole process, it's primarily training staff and making sure the computer systems are secure. It's training staff is, is one of the part of that process. We go through the security risk assessment and we do a gap analysis to see where they're vulnerable. Then we do a remediation to ensure that we're, we're closing all of those gaps. And, and we're not just part of that remediation is to ensure that we have reports and we show proof that it's actually being done. Then we, we make sure we have policies and procedures in place. And then we have employee training on those policies and procedures as well, as well as HIPAA.
and security awareness training and phishing campaigns that we do because that's all you know involved in part of the process. If you're not doing the phishing campaigns and someone clicks on the link because they weren't able to detect what's a fake email versus a good email and that email is now that link brings you malware into your system, that, that becomes a problem. Uh, then we manage the business associates and make sure that we're, those are managed. And we also go through and make sure we have an incident response plan. You know, what happens when there is a breach? And then we make sure that we have a plan in place and steps to ensure that there, there's a plan in place for an incident. What are some of the penalties for not doing this? I, again, I run the small dentist office. Oh my God, I don't have the money or the time to do all of this. What happens? It's a lot less expensive to do it now than it is to get a breach and having to do it later. Most people, most dentists or small doctor's offices that say, hey, I'm small, nobody cares about me. Wrong. <laughs> a HIPAA violation can be anywhere from 100 to twenty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 per patient that's impacted. You're in a lot of trouble. When there's a breach and, the vi- and you get audited, it's not just the penalties that you're going to be paying from the OCR, which is the Office of Civil Rights or the HIPAA police um, when they fine you. You have your reputation that all of a sudden patients are going to say, hey, wait a second, they're not going to protect my data. You may lose patients because it's, you're going to be in the news. You have to protect all those patients now that your existing patients, you have to put in some type of um, measures in place like LifeLock. So you're going to have to be paying LifeLock for all your patients. There's also going to be now, now you're going to be required to do a full risk assessment. Doing it beforehand is going to cost less expensive because you have time to do it and you do it right rather than coming in and all of a sudden now you're squirming to do everything all in one, all within a short amount of time. You have to, you're going to hire people. Those people are going to be very expensive to come on, right? Those implementation of those systems and processes and procedures and security levels that you'll be putting in place are going to cost you a lot more money doing it. Oh my God, I have to do it now rather than wait a second. Let me understand what I have to do and having some time to, to ensure those are done correctly. Where did you learn about all this? How, how did you become a person who can train others to become HIPAA compliant? First, I started in healthcare probably a little over 18 years ago. And it's every day it just looking at patients, looking at, you know, working with, you know, with physicians and, and the healthcare industry. And then HIPAA came in. I've gone to different boot camps. I've, and I actually, and I, and I do get myself vetted from an outside company as well. It's not good enough sometimes for me just to be HIPAA compliant. Um, I may miss something. So I get myself vetted from a third party company as well to ensure that what I'm doing in practice, that I'm doing it. And I'm also, um, passing that along to ensure that my customers are compliant. So what I do, my customers do. Is there a lot of continuing education involved? Are the rules constantly changing? Uh, yes, the rules are constantly changing, especially with new technologies, you know, medical devices in the hospitals and patients having to wear devices when, on their wrists, on their bodies, or when they go home. Those are all contained PHI and have to be protected. So the rules and the, and the laws change every day to ensure that cybersecurity and attacks on organizations get more sophisticated. You have to stay on top of those as well. I attend regular webinars, boot camps, and uh, and training from a third-party company, uh, another company who's been vetted here as well to, to ensure that I'm staying up to date as well. What makes you happy to go to work in the morning? Why do you like working with computers and doctors and HIPAA? Knowingly that my data and your data is, is safe 
is is what makes me come in here every day. I'm in here very early in the morning. I'm probably the first one and the last one to leave. And I want to ensure that every process, every procedure we do is better and better every day. I've been in the healthcare industry for over 18 years. And one of the things that I loved doing is one, ensuring that everything I did in the technology standpoint is protecting data and making it more efficient, making physicians more efficient. I have a family and the last thing that I wanted to see is bring my son to a doctor's office and find out that they provided him something, a medication that he, based on history, that was not him because his identity was stolen. That makes me come in because my family is important. And when my family is important, everybody's family is important. So if that's going to happen to my son, I wanted to make sure not only does it happen to my son and my family, but it doesn't happen to your family as well. Who are your average clients? Are do you do primarily small independent practices or some of the larger practices? My focus is really on the small but medium-sized businesses, you know, anywhere from 15, 20 employees up to 500 employees. When I left a large organization um, to open up my own business, I wanted to focus on helping the small businesses who don't have the in-house expertise, don't have the large budgets to ensure that not only from a cybersecurity standpoint that are in place, but from HIPAA and policies. And, and I really wanted to focus on helping out the small businesses. Whether you have our services and help you get your systems in place and processes in place, get a qualified IT service provider. Vet them as well. Don't, you know, make sure that the, the person, the IT provider you're working with is also being vetted um, from a third party. And if you're not doing anything, do something now. How can people contact you to get more information on how to get their practice HIPAA compliant? You can go to our website at dssitservices.com. You can call us at 516 or send us an email at info at dssitinc.com and we'll be gladly to, to schedule a meeting with you to determine what your needs are and, and get you to become HIPAA compliant. Thank you so much for your time today. Well, thank you, Meryl, for and uh, it was a pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you do business on Long Island and want to learn more about the Midday Referral Network, visit our website at middayreferrals with two Ds.com. Catch you next time.